0: It's November 26th, 1977, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors.
1: If you're in your early 50s or older and grew up in the part of the UK served by what was then the Southern Television Network, and you found yourself watching the news on this day back in 1977, you might well have witnessed a peculiar incident. Midway through the evening news, your TV signal would have wobbled slightly and then been taken over by Vrillin, an alien visitor representing a body called the Ashtar Galactic Command, who had come here with a rather special message for you.
2: Yeah, so this was a broadcast intrusion incident. There have been many of them over the years, and it was far more common and easy to do when TV stations were operated on analogue rather than digital. Basically, if you had the right equipment, you could interfere with transmissions in certain circumstances. And that is what happened on Southern television on this day for about five or six minutes. The mm. only issue is that we don't have any confirmed recordings. There are, If you look on YouTube, there are like videos that are claiming to be a recording of the interruption, but they're not. Mm. There. They're reenactments their recreations of the actual event so the only information that we have on what exactly Vrilon had to tell us came from the next day's newspapers but I'm assuming that those are from people's memories or people writing it down as it was happening because people didn't have video recorders then in their homes and also now I'm thinking about it I feel like if the channel was making tapes for the archive of its own broadcast it would be at its own end. So if there was someone that interfering with the signal, they wouldn't be capturing that.
0: That's right. To get an accurate recording, someone would have had to have pressed record when it was being broadcast from a receiver that was receiving it and who the hell was recording (laughs) Southern News (laughs) at 10 past five on a random Sunday in 1977 (laughs) when video machines are incredibly expensive. Yeah, all that's true, but we've got a good idea of roughly what was said. Uh, And it was this. I mean, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it would literally take the whole podcast, but just to give you an idea... This is the voice of Vrillin, a representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command speaking to you. For many years you have seen us as lights in the skies. We speak to you now in peace and wisdom as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. I don't know about you but like, even though this is like a mock religious text, I find it difficult to read like real ones. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, the words are just a bit treacly after a while. We yeah. come to warn you of the destiny of your race and your world so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid the disaster which threatens your world and the beings on our worlds around you this is in order that you may share in the great awakening as the planet passes into the new age of aquarius and then it goes on like another five times longer than that
1: and the evils that vrillon was specifically warning about were money and nuclear weapons and it's funny because you know it it's fundamentally kind of a message of peace but apparently at least according to newspaper reports from the time uh it prompted thousands of TV viewers to frantically begin phoning the police again there's some skepticism around this that's warranted by the fact that the police only record having sent one car around to calm a panicking pensioner which doesn't sound like sort of a mass panic event I guess because this was also not like the biggest of broadcasters who it. was
0: interrupted. So I know, I know that people were more naive then And I know that it was still on ITV in that region, and that's still a big deal. It was the first or second most popular channel. However, you know, even with a moderate degree of scepticism, which you could attribute to even the pensioners of the southern region, (laughs) you'd say to yourself, wouldn't you, Okay, if this was a real alien who had the technology to signal jam, why would they talk only to people in Southampton and Dover? That just seems improbable. (laughs) Why, why, Why wouldn't they take the BBC News at 10? You'd flip over to one of the other channels, yeah. <laughs> not least of all, to get some better
1: content.
2: <laughs> we don't know why an alien overlord would have chosen Southern Television, but we do know why a hoaxer may have chosen Southern Television, which is that they had quite a unique setup where rather than having their content beamed directly to them, it was being transmitted via another transmitter. So the original source was the Roe Ridge Transmitting Station. However, it was then sort of pinging off a transmitter in Hannington, which I think was in North Hampshire, and so what had happened was somebody, maybe an alien, maybe not.
0: Maybe a nerd, just saying.
2: <laughs> had set up an unauthorised transmitter and the signal was relatively weak because of this sort of ping, ping, pinging that was happening rather than it being transmitted by landline, which was more common. So someone had just rocked up with a transmitter, basically put it next to the transmitter and turned it up to Max and had just interrupted the train of transmission.
1: And yet the independent broadcasting authority's assessment of what went on was that the hoax would have taken a considerable amount of technical know-how to pull off. And I think that, you know, the, it's not like you could have just sort of turned up with the kind of equipment that we all have about our, our person um, and done something like this. So it was someone who knew a little bit about broadcast, again, or an alien, uh, <laughs> might have been that. An
0: alien with a Southern English accent.
1: Yeah, but that's the other funny thing, that they, they've never actually caught the
0: person who did it.
2: And I imagine they don't have many detectives still working on this case. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the cool thing about it, isn't it? Because like everything else actually is, I think, a little bit lame, like when you hear what was said and, and, you right. know, and it didn't seem to really have a point to it. But actually, one good thing is that because it didn't seem to have a point to it, apart from a general kind of imagined by John Lennon, why don't we all be nice to each other message, is (laughs) you can't quite work out what's the joke. Like, is it satire? Mm -hmm. Is it a straight-up prank? Is it someone who really does have a religious message, but over and above that, they have the technology to signal jam and they want to showcase their skills. It's not like some of the pranks that American listeners will remember the Max Headroom one in the 80s, where... A guy randomly, like, signal jammed American TV stations and then rolled around some corrugated iron whilst holding a can of Pepsi and pretended <laughs> to be Max Headroom. And it was considered to be really sinister and weird. But...
2: It is really scary.
0: But it's... Yeah, I, I rewatched I was, it. I rewatched
2: it today because I thought it might come up. And I honestly, like, I had to really grit my teeth. And I was watching it in broad daylight. There's no way I would have watched it at night. Oh, it's but so creepy. it means creepy. nothing.
0: Like, it obviously, is just a drunk if That's person. the worst part. Well, right. Yeah. So what, what I'm saying is good about the Southern one is at least it leaves <laughs> you with question marks. We're like, no one wants responsibility for this. They're just going to do this one thing and then shut up about it for 50 years.
1: And maybe we should get rid of nuclear weapons and abolish money and be cool with each other. Yeah, it's it's
2: a pretty benign message. The weird thing is that we were describing the extraterrestrial being as villain, but that apparently first appeared in a 1981 book about British television. At the time, some contemporary reports said that the person or being was named Asteron. Apparently, it was a very distorted voice, so it could have just been that people weren't quite picking up on what they were saying. But the idea that they identified themselves as being a representative of Ashtar Galactic. Command. Apparently, the News of the World and the Daily Mail reported it as the Ashdown Galactic Command, <laughs> which seems rather less impressive. Ashdown being a historical area of the Berkshire Downs, which was part of the Southern Television broadcast area.
1: Hey, you got to run your Galactic Empire from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the theories lending weight to the idea that it was Virillian rather than Asteron was that some people think that the broadcast was done by a Raelian And the Raelians were this slightly peculiar UFO church founded just four years before this by a guy called Claude Vrilian. So some mm. people think that this was someone saying virilion and it was a bit misheard and that's where we get to villain
2: But the Ashtar Galactic Command was definitely not something that this hoaxer had just made up. It's a really familiar term to UFologists. It's part of this whole it's really like it's a real rabbit hole, but it's a very this complex like mythology slash spiritual doctrine. It started in nineteen fifty two. A guy called George Van Tassel, he was one of the earliest UFO contactees, you know, the people that think they've been and, you know, contact aliens. He claimed to receive telepathic messages from an extraterrestrial being named Ashtar, who was mostly warning about the dangers of the hydrogen bomb. So there's a bit of continuity yeah, with the that's messages. Cool.
0: that is cooler than the Max Headroom thing then, isn't it? That's exactly what I'm saying. Like It's got that texture to it. I didn't know that. Rabbit hole is the right word, isn't it? Now, it's so easy to fall down on the internet, all of these holes. But actually, then, <laughs> if you were a Fortean watching this, and it just came yeah. on your, your analogue telly, it would tickle your fancy wouldn't it because it all seems a bit tame and boring now because we can access a wealth of homemade content at the touch of a button including this show but then it must have been really shocking to see something raw and quite clearly unauthorized on your analog media source using words that the media would never use, that you understood what they meant. It must have felt a bit like that bit in spotting when Dale Winton starts talking to Renton through the telly.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it would still feel quite shocking if it happened today, except that you'd probably think that it was some sort of error with your technology.
0: But you'd go straight on Twitter, wouldn't you? You'd look at the hashtag and find out <laughs> who it was. And you'd be like, oh, it's a promotional thing for whoever. I think that's right, that you'd go, are other people seeing this? But if if it turned out
1: that other people were seeing it, then you would think, what is going on here? And there's been quite a lot of transmission interruptions over the years, and you know, quite a lot of them involve people hacking into tv networks and broadcasting pornography to channels that
0: otherwise wouldn't be pornographic there was that time on jazz fn when the producer accidentally played out gay porn do you remember that <laughs> It's a few years ago
2: <laughs> you know when you mix up your jazz tab and your gay porn tab
0: <laughs> next time then the americans eventually spent 400 million dollars getting a wooden mock-up made love the show Support the show, patreon.com slash retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.